Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home ESPN Radio Missoula. Without you knowing it, so people could hear your beautiful singing voice. You're a great singer, bro. Thank you. Not really, but thank you. So, for, well, we'll welcome everybody back. Cause I actually have a, uh, an open-ended <laughs> question for you. Nuana's now 102.9 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanas. The voice of an angel, Regime Seabrook, sitting in studio Thank you. with me. We do this each and every Friday together here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Mr. Thing in the first hour of the show, we talked Tim Tebow, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, a little bit about Julio Jones. Going to get back to that here in the second hour. Also give you all the updates you need to know about both state softball and state track and field around the state of Montana. And I had a little fun as well. Okay, so here's my question. Yeah, man. First of all, I'm just gonna I'm gonna openly let you answer uh, a broad question first before we hash out maybe more of the depth. How would you describe talent, natural talent, or 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 is talent natural? I'm gonna say everyone is born with talents. Sure. Some greater, sure. Some lesser, sure. But everyone is born with a talent or talents, sure. How those talents are natured and nurtured is what becomes a skill, right? And so I think that 
I've been told my whole life that, that I'm a talented writer. Agreed. And, and now that I'm a, a professional writer, and I have been for about 16 years now, <clears throat> I, I realize that writing, especially journalism, is a craft. It's, it's a skill, a craft-based skill. And it doesn't matter how much talent you ever had, you cannot be elite at it unless you've done it. It's the rule of 10,000 hours. And there's, very, there's other things, too. Maybe you're born naturally strong, but you're probably not going to ever be good at lifting weights until you lift weights. You can't, you, you got to so learn you how to your lift. craft right, and right, skill. Right, exactly. Right, right. Yes, sir. That's why singing fascinates me. Because I feel singing might be the one thing that is a true, pure, natural talent. Huh. You, you cannot become as good of a singer as Aretha Franklin or Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston. You, you were born like that. They became probably better singers at themselves with their talent by honing it. Hmm. But I, I could never become. I can never sound like Marvin Gaye. It's not happening. I, you would be a rich man if you did. Isn't that the uh, the and yeah, enriched in so many categories for sure? <laughs> I just I wish I had the talent of singing. Why don't you take lessons? Because I don't think I have the baseline talent to be anything more than just an average. You're singer. such a defeatist. I, I, I have a new volition for our friendship outside of here. The minute you tell yourself you're not going to do something or this is how I am or this is what I'm going to do, you plant that seed. Hmm. Like I kind of dealt with some of that today, man. Like hmm. people who are like, that's just the way it's going to be. That's just the way I am. This is never going to happen. Hmm. I'm just see, but I, I so here's here's my thing is is somebody asked me the other day give it give it give it a whirl. Well, somebody asked me the other day, uh, you seem like a very goal driven person. How do you become your best self? And, I, and my answer was, I don't feel like that's possible because I never want to be my best self because I always want to be getting better. Right, because once you hit, hit the best, quote unquote, you become complacent and then you right. become lesser than. Right. Here's my thing: if you want to sing, I think singing is such a natural thing. Uh, for us to do, I think we all have voices for that reason. Like, sure. it, buddy, try it. You, maybe what you need to do is find your range, find your genre. Because you may love hip hop, sure, but you may be better singing country. Interesting. All right, you know what I'm saying? Interesting. I'm just, well, I'm I just mean, saying. I, I sang in the church growing up my whole life, and I loved it. Sing that gospel, baby. So let's go. Yeah. So interesting. I don't know. I mean, I love singing in the car and stuff like that. I just think that's Dude, what, I win Grammys in the shower. Wait, see, that's what, see, see, but that's what I'm saying is that's why I think singing is such a fascinating thing, though. Because if you were to say, Coulter, what do you want to be good at? You want to be, you want to get back into playing basketball. You want to be good enough to be you know at least competitive in basketball. Cool. I'd say yeah, I could I could do that. I could go work out, work hard at it, whatever. You want to be? I've, I've gotten into spin lately. That's my thing. You got all skinny mini. I got a shit. So I'm okay, so, <laughs> let's go, baby. So I've been getting into the spin. Okay. You know, I want to be able to hike the back of Mount Sentinel every day. Okay. Those are all things that you can hone and get better at. I want to get better at driving. I want to get better at radio. I want to get better at writing. I want to be more. Uh, you can get better at singing. Yeah, but I don't think. But I think that the the the. The peak of it is limited by your natural gifts. I think you just hit the word limited as soon as you say, yeah, but. Hmm. Don't put a cap on it, man. Sing, baby boy. Sing. Let's go. <laughs> well, I'm going to have you be singing that, Bob Marley, because that was sounding pretty darn Thank good. Thank you. Don't tell folks at home. People might start asking me to do weddings and bar mitzvahs. Not <laughs> just play. Just play. That. Just play. <laughs> If I ever get married, I'm definitely going to try to get you to be involved in the performance <laughs> element of my wedding somehow. I will do. I will do Frank Sinatra and Johnny Cash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's good. All right. I always think though, 
I've been asked to be the officiant at, at several weddings. Actually, it was going to be in two of this last year and a half or so. Both obviously got called off, which was right. a bummer because I was excited about that. I was going to do one this past summer, too. It was going to be my first. I, I was always, like looking forward to I it. I always thought if I was going to ever have the, the good fortune of, of being married, I would want Ryan Tutel to be the officiant of my wedding. But then I thought to myself, I don't think that I could do that because I think that he would go fully off the rails and just make me... Oh, like Frank Sinatra in the 80s? You would have to, like, cue music to get him out of there. <laughs> Bring back the gong show and the shepherd's hook. Get that, get old stanky leg off that stage. <laughs> oh, it was fun talking to Gus last week, though, while he was out of town. Okay, Regime Seabrook we digress. with me, Coulter Nuanez. You want to talk? You want to talk film or do you want to talk NBA? Film. Okay. Add a little quarter to this show. So this started on Monday when we were talking about um, baseball movies. And the, the prompt was, what's the best baseball movie of all time? And there was, it was basically a top three between The Sandlot, uh, Field of Dreams, and Major League. Wrong. How do you forget the bad news bears? <laughs> That's a good one, Tommy. He had not. What? What was your one, Tommy? With, what? with Richard Pryor and John Candy? Brewster's Millions. Brewster's yeah. Millions. I didn't know that one either. That's a nut. Spend thirty million in thirty days, and you get three hundred million. I love you, brother. I'm looking at Tommy through the that's, glass. That's all you have pop to do. culture reference. I got him all day. That's what you have to do is spend thirty million dollars in thirty days. That was the challenge. <laughs> yeah. And he bought the Hackensack Bulls why from is, New Jersey. Why is that hard? I guess it was, this is probably an older movie, so it was probably a lot harder back then, huh? Neither you or Tommy were born, I don't think. I could spend $30 million in a week. Uh, yeah, because you live in Missoula, Montana. <laughs> Right? I, get, I get a house, a used car, go grocery shopping, it's over. You get a trailer, a Chaco and a leash for your chocolate lab and a new Subaru, and then you're just done, that's son. It, that's it. Maybe get my bicycle fixed. Simulation. <laughs> okay. Well, so then we got a lot of good feedback from all the uh, listeners out there. The Rookie was another one. That Bad News Bears. Yeah. I'm so disappointed. Bad News Bears is good for sure. Did you do the same thing for hockey and football? We haven't yet. Oh, so here's a dirty little secret about me. I hate sports movies. What? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I went from loving this man, and I'm looking right into the camera. Hate. I went from love to light. Cool meter went from here to about there. <laughs> hate is the wrong word. You better redeem. Hate is the wrong word. I, I, uh, I, the, the, the movie has to have more of the meaning than just the hero that falls that there and redeems himself. Like the, the, the repeated storyline of, this person and then their fall from grace and then their resurrection and or you know just the this is going to win like the, the movie miracle about hockey okay it's a well done movie the acting's good whatever i knew what was going to happen before the movie started because of the reverence for history but also i i guess you're rolling your eyes but here's the thing man yes i feel the eye roll over the airways ladies and gentlemen <laughs> yes this man has an undeniable will to not have willing suspension of disbelief <laughs> Unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen. But then you got a movie like Remember the Titans. And Remember oh. the Titans is oh. not is not about the team winning the state championship. It's about at all. It's about the cultural acclimation and the and the meshing of races and oh. people learning to love each other because of a common goal. And that's a great movie. And poorly choreographed football. Right. That even though it's one of my so bad dude, it's, it's one of my it's favorite so movies, but that one's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it is true. Okay, but this brings me all the way around to then. Circle the wagon. What is a perfect film? In your mind, what makes a perfect film? And what is a couple of films to you that are perfectly made? Uh, Empire Strikes Back, of course. Wow. See, this is a dichotomy, too, because we had a couple uh, contributors earlier this week that said they hate Star Wars, which I thought was um, 
Borderline sacrilegious. Border, in, and <laughs> in no, long, no longer welcome back on this show. <laughs> Especially on Friday if I'm here, I'll kick you out. I'm a big Star Wars fan. No, Empire Strikes Back, um, purely for character development. When you look at the lore of Star Wars, you don't get the character development that you do for any other movie that isn't the basis of, 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 of Empire Strikes Back. We learn about the whole Skywalker posse. We learn who's the father. We learn how the dark side controls and manipulates. Great character development. So that's what makes a good uh, storyline. The other thing, plot. You have to have a good plot. If it's too predictable, if the plot line right. is too thin, then it's it's just it's it's not going to continue. Uh, one of my favorite things, a soundtrack. Sure. All right. A score or soundtrack? There's two different things. There is, there is, and my father and my father and stepfather did both, and there's a total different thing. A good soundtrack gets you into the movie. A score locks you into the movie. One of the most underrated parts about Star Wars. Bingo! It's John Williams. It's, John Williams. It's, it's like amazing. A, it's like an opera, or not even an opera, but like a symphony. Absolutely, a cacophony of sounds mm -hmm. out there in space, if you will. We are hitting SAT most, words left and right today. Most underrated score for a movie is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I will check it out. Have you seen that movie? Oh, yeah. Come on. I'm just making sure. Some yeah. people some people haven't seen it. Oh, I love it, man. That is, that is, all things considered, probably my favorite movie of all time. Interesting. Interesting. And my last thing for what makes a good movie a great movie, really underrated, cinematography. Sure. Like, people, I, 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 people don't understand the way in which a movie is filmed and how it is filmed creates a crouching tiger hidden dragon i don't care if you don't like that that genre movie sure the cinematography of that movie is amazing so give me some examples then that fit your 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 bill for great cinematography great plot great acting great score okay uh well since we're in the wheelhouse of sports the first Rocky movie was mm. absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, really good. Uh, the first, uh, the the original Godfather, a rich like cinematography, great, uh, great costumes, great score. Like, all right, how do you beat that? Like, that is just a well-rounded movie all the way around. Going back to the pop culture of the '80s, Raiders of the Lost Ark, amazing movie. Mm. If you watch it, not just for the pure action, you watch it for plot, character development, customization, cinematography, well ahead of its time. Well ahead of its time. Um, believe it or not, another good one in that vein, Clockwork Orange. Oh, oh boy. When's the last Ooh. time you watched the Clockwork Orange? Uh, my birthday of this year. I watch it once a year. Do you really? Every every year on my birthday. So, I so read that, and I do, do that, and I read uh, Catcher in the Rye. Wow. Those every are, year. Those are both um, very heavy. Uh, to celebrate your birthday with. I've been accused of being a little heavy. <laughs> That's why I don't like sports movies because if I'm going to waste or if I'm going to spend, not waste, but spend two hours of my life, I want to feel something and it's much easier to feel um, tortured or, or sad or, or torn or weird or um, shocked than it is to feel happy or funny. And oh, so see, I, I, I love I love movies that are just dark and and make you think about things that that maybe you otherwise wouldn't think about. Think or brood, there is a difference, my friend. True, that, that's very true as well. Clockwork Orange is a fascinating one though because I had read the book, and, Oof, great, amazing book, and I had studied the film in college because I actually took several upper division film classes at the University of Montana. And, uh, Look at this pedigree. I had not, though, watched it in a good 10 years. And watching it with a little bit more life perspective 
was very interesting because that movie was made in, I believe, 1969, 1970. I think so. I think, I believe it was, I, I, the reason I had watched it, it was actually probably two years ago that I watched it, but I believe I watched it because it was the, the 50th anniversary of it. Right, right. I couldn't believe how um, intense, dark, um, almost post-realism. I mean, it post-apocalyptic it's, macabre. It's it's so you. If you watched it, you would think this is a movie from this movie's got to be from the nineties. It can't be from the. The 60s. Dude, it was well ahead of its time. The whole premise of the movie was ahead of its time. Uh, there's there's a couple of that. Uh, Logan's Run is in that is in that same vein. Just a great depiction of what's to come. Soiling Green. Uh, I, I will going back to what makes another good movie with the score and everything. Two thousand one Space Odyssey. Watch that oh, now. I I, I, I yeah, for sure. That's that's very interesting as well. You mentioned the Godfather. I think all three Godfather movies are are phenomenal. Yeah. I think. No. No. See, no, no you don't. You, no. Where did they lose you? Uh, Godfather three was horrid. Really? My stepdad worked on the score that speaking of kind of working coming full circle uh yeah not not uh it was just not bad. It was also like the dawn of Al Pacino just yelling into everything. Sure, you know, sure, sure. and I, I just, the characters did sort of by the third one because they're each three plus hours long. The characters did sort of become a caricature of, of themselves. themselves exactly. By, by the end, it, that's a very that's a very good point. I don't want to sound like a complete downer um, because I, <laughs> there there are some movies that I I do love that aren't you know dark and weird like. The thing that brings me out of it is if it is one that's trying to pull at your heartstrings or something like that, it is sort of just the, the traditional story of the of the the hero and the adversity and then the the the, the resurrection, the rise again of right, right. somebody getting back on track. Like Legends of the Fall is one of my favorite movies. That's a great great cinematography, great, great cinema costumes, amazing score, great acting, absolutely awesome. Saving Private Ryan is also one of my favorite movies. Talk about Thin Red Line is Thin another Red one. Is uh, you know, as you t- uh, tip into that genre, absolutely. Have you seen Apocalypse Now, buddy? Come on, man. I, I was mean, watching I know, that was probably before you were born. <laughs> I know. I shouldn't ask you because you're such a cultured guy. Usually I Thank ask you. my guest hosts I love and they that look movie. at me sideways like, what is that? Dude, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. <laughs> I, Let's go. Okay, one last one, which I thought was a, a good contribution from a, a listener that I uh, totally agree on, which I think is an amazing movie. And I don't know why it, it doesn't get uh, talked about as much in the modern lexicon is The Unforgiven. I think it's one of the great... Westerns of all time because it's it's so different than every Western. That's that's ever. a good. You, that's ooh. That's such a. It's a great. That's a great movie. It's a great movie. It, it reminds. It, it has a nostalgic attachment because it reminds me of my dad because he loved Western movies like that. Grew up in the West, uh, but it also has phenomenal uh, acting and it's it's it's, it's cinematography. It's different, than, it's different than all the other movies in its genre, and I think that's one of the things I like about it the most. This is fun. I love doing this kind of stuff here on our. Uh, Mostly sports show. It is Nuana's now your one-stop shop for all things sports and sometimes a little bit of film, culture, a little music, all that stuff. Little Chauncey. Regime Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuana's in studio. We do this together each Friday here on ESPN Missoula. There's also, I, I got the list of the, uh, I got the AMC list of the 100 greatest movies of all time in front of me. We could keep going on this forever. Maybe we'll circle back around and and, and pair this down each Friday, maybe do a little bit, uh, categorize it, a little right? Co- little culture. It's, it's a counterculture show sprinkled with sports. That's right. And that's what we want it to be. No question. My mother says that she also loves Legends of the Fall. So, mother, I, I know you showed it to me the first time. And uh, your th- mom is 
the the book Legend of the, the Fall is also so awesome, amazing. Uh, she also said Lonesome Dove, a good one, and I, that that one reminds me of my old man. Can I call her Mama New? Like Mama Nuana is Mama New. Keep call, I I like her. I love it. I know we gotta get you guys together so you guys get to know each other a little more. Mama New, you're sweet. Let's talk some NBA. NBA playoffs raging in full force. It's a um, usually the NBA playoffs is. Anticipated, but a lot of times the first round and even sometimes the first two rounds are not that hyped up because they're sort of just chalk. We've only ever seen eight seeds beat one seeds, uh, I believe only one time in the history of of the NBA playoffs when the Golden State Warriors took out the Dallas Mavericks uh, during the B. Diddy days, the Baron Davis days. Total tangible. He was so fun. Total tangible. Let's talk about Baron Davis for one second. My brother and I were talking about this the other day. Baron Davis occupies, there's a couple guys that occupy distinctly unique spaces in NBA history because it was more important to them to be, um, to stay true to themselves and be quote unquote marketable and brandable to their people and their community more than the the American public at large, more than the NBA. Examples, I'm, I'm, give, give me one. Allen Iverson, Stephon Marbury, and Baron Davis. Baron Davis, Baron Davis cared more about the dudes from Inglewood thinking that he was the man than what anybody else outside of the Inglewood continent area of thinking of him at all. He he was he was the hood king of the West Coast. He was running the Drew League. He everything he did. Baron, I guess what I'm saying is where Baron Davis comes from. He has more reverence from those people than almost anybody. Like those people, if you ask guys that play in the Drew League still or that have been watching the Drew League forever, the Drew League, by the way, is is the infamous summer league in LA that they play at Poly Pavilion. They used to play at the Forum, and you know a lot of people can go out and play, but if you want to really get into the run, you better be balling. And James Harden and guys like that still play in the Drew League. Yep. Chris Paul, Kyrie Irving, those guys, all of them. But Baron Davis is. Is the dude? I mean, he was the Drew League dude. Stephon Marbury as well. I mean, the kid from Coney Island. He wanted to be. He he wanted to be important to Coney Island more than anything. He was a hero. And even though I'm a little bit older than him, uh, my brother played against him in high school, and just the like the pull this guy had. Oh man! The only other athlete I've seen that coming out of where I'm from, from Brooklyn, was Mike Tyson. Like where people just were. Enamored yeah. because yeah. they were still down and didn't, as the you know people say today, get too bougie with themselves. You know what I'm saying? For sure. But I, I do think that Allen Iverson is Allen Iverson stayed true to his, himself for the duration of his career and changed the NBA. And he, he changed the NBA <laughs> forever. But he also became sort of nationally resoundingly famous despite his own efforts. I mean, he, he never wanted to be anybody but the kid from Newport News. He never wanted to be anybody nope. but the dude wearing the do rag practice exactly. But but then he shifted the culture of America. Honestly, I mean, hip hop, the NBA. Guys that aren't squeaky clean Michael Jordan with your perfect white teeth and yada, yada, yada. I mean, Allen Iverson was like, dude, I'm doing it my way no matter what. You can say I'm brandable or not. I'm not selling out for your corporate organization. I'm a basketball player. And he stayed true to himself the whole way. But I think that Baron Davis is such a fascinating one because I bet you Baron Davis has as much respect from his peer his contemporary peers right, as right. anybody ever. Like, if you were to list out the top 100 players of all time, no one's listed Baron Davis as one of those. He was a good player. He's an all-star. But he was not a, an all-time great player. No. But if you ask the guys who played with and against him at the time, they would all tell you that he was one of the most respected guys in the league. Oh, he's a fascinating dynamic. Good, good list to be on. 100% it is. Let's go. But that, that brings you back around to my point in that 
the the first round of the NBA playoffs, a lot of times there's not that many competitive series. The top seeds usually win. A lot of times, you know, sometimes the the four or five or the three six series can be good, but um, you know, usually the two seven and, and the the one eight series on in both the West and the East, it's usually not that competitive. It's usually gonna be a a sweep or a four or five game series. Mm-hmm. But this year, because the season was 20 games less, they were also coming off of the bubble and it started later. So many of the great players in the league were either hurt or making sure that they were taking their time to get back into uh, proper shape or, you know, whatever. Some people say LeBron James had a high ankle sprain. Some people say LeBron James was getting fresh for the playoffs. But there's dynamics like that across the league, right? Like, we never really seen an all-star player like Kyrie Irving taking mental health days. That's a whole discussion for a different show. But there was all sorts of guys not playing in all sorts of different games, which then made the regular season standings look skewed. For example, the Los Angeles Lakers, Lakers, the defending NBA champions, are the yeah. seventh seed, but they are absolutely the favorites in their series with the Phoenix Suns. So that's why I find then that the NBA playoffs it, right now is as compelling as it's been in a long time in the first round. The other thing that makes me very happy is that there's been all this scuttle and all this writing and all these reporting about how athletes having a social conscience, athletes standing up for what they believe is right, athletes using their platform to um, talk about things that, that they that they are bothered by that they want to change in society. There's the whole. There's been so much a narrative about shut up and dribble, right? You're paid to play basketball. We don't need your social conscience. But I'm not here to debate that one way or the other. The numbers for the first round of the NBA playoffs, the first rating numbers from the first two weeks came out. And they're the highest they've been since Michael Jordan retired. That in itself makes me happy, only just because I think the NBA, in terms of its breadth of talent, is as good as it's ever been. Uh, I don't think it maybe has the top-end talent like it had in the mid to late 1990s, but in terms of talented guys on every single squad that remains in the playoffs, that's absolutely the truth. And so it makes me happy that, that uh, people are just enjoying the basketball for what it is. People are sitting on their butts. They're, 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 at, they're at home. They're just they're enjoying it. Um, <clears throat> there's also something to say for the for the fan at home to say to see LeBron James be a seventh seed with the Lakers. Like there's right. so much drama that swirls around that because are they going to be able to climb out of that? Uh, you know. LeBron has upped his ante in his thespian world of being a bit more of an actor than an athlete this year. But uh, it adds for good entertainment at the end of the day. So, uh, LeBron. You want to talk about LeBron? We can talk about LeBron. We're going to talk about LeBron, but we're going to get there just in one quick minute. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead, brother. Tonight's games... The New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks are underway already. That game uh, can be found on ESPN television. We'll also have the Clippers-Dallas game both on ESPN and on ESPN Radio here uh, tonight as well, a little later on. But the uh, so so let's play a little game real quick. We we'll play a little game of buy or sell. You buy or sell in the New York Knicks, the but, revamped New York Knicks. I know you're a big Knicks guy, dude, but I do you believe in them. I do believe in them. That's why I haven't abandoned them and went over, you know, crossed the bridge into my neighborhood and ro- start rooting for the Nets, formerly of New Jersey. I'm buying my Knicks, man. Okay. Even if I'm buying a sinking ship, I'm still buying my Knicks. Well, they can't say it's a sinking ship. They haven't been good forever, and now they're the four seed. I know. They're all right. They're doing it. Well, that's not saying a lot in the East. But... <laughs> Tom Thibodeau is a great coach. Agreed. That's a, that's a Agreed. great place to start. And Julius Randle is, is an emerging star. Oh, so fun to watch. And, and 
the symbiosis between a superstar and the coach is an important part of the NBA. Agreed, brother. Tibbs cannot have a superstar that wants to take days off for mental health days like Kyrie Irving. Tibbs cannot have a superstar who doesn't want to play because he's got a sprained pinky. Tibbs needs his superstar to be a dog. And Julius Randle's a dog. And he that, is a and, dog. And it's important for that relationship to exist. Is, is, is Kyrie looking a little like he should be an extra for Pookie on New Jack City lately? <laughs> I'm just saying, he's looking a little ashy, he looking like he ate a bunch of powdered donuts, lips looking dry. Like, I don't know, my man hitting a pipe or something? I just don't know. Like, he just doesn't... Mental health, physical health, I don't know, 12 days stay, something. Homeboy's just not looking healthy. Yeah, no, no doubt. The other game tonight, Brooklyn at Boston. The Nets lead 2-0, by the way. The Atlanta-New York series is tied 1-1. And then the nightcap tonight, the Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas leads that series 2-0. So, I asked about the Knicks. Buy, buying. You're buying the Knicks. Dallas, though. Luka Doncic and the boys are up 2-0 over the Clippers. I think that, first of all, the Los Angeles Clippers went more than all in to put together the trades to get the, the roster that they got. They traded... More than just the farm. They traded the entire estate to get Paul George. I mean, they're not going to have a draft pick forever because they tried to get, they need to get Paul George and, and Patrick Beverly and all these guys. Well, last year when they lose in the conference semifinals, now it puts so much pressure on this year because these, because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going into contract years. You have to win it now. Now. And now they're sitting here down 2 nothing to an upstart Dallas Mavericks team led by one of the most talented young players in the league in Luka Doncic. Sick. Are the are the Clippers melting down right now? Because this is sold tonight's game sold for me absolutely sold. As well. the away tonight's game is of paramount importance because if they're down three nothing, this could be the beginning of the end, and I mean the end of it all for all the Los Angeles it. Clippers. They are proverbial, like the proverbial. What do you do with the screwdriver? You screw that nail in. Let's just that's where that's where they're at. These guys are. I, I just don't know how much you have that much talent, that much dysfunction. No question. I just don't get it. And it's not like they're a dysfunctional team or organization. Well, they were the most dysfunctional organization in the history of pro sports for a while. But for now, a while. But when Donald... Historically. You get Donald Sterling out. And by the way, screw that guy. <laughs> you, bring, <laughs> you bring Steve Ballmer What's in. What's wrong with him? Oh, my God. He might be I the worst know. person in the history God. of professional oh, sports, boy. man. That Ramona Shelburne podcast that she did all about him with all the tapes from all his mistresses and just recording him saying the most racist stuff ever. Oh, I know. It made my blood boil, man. It was I know. horrific. It was disgusting. It was, it was Absolutely disgusting. 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 But regardless, we digress. But now that Steve Ballmer owns the team, they actually are a more functional organization. But I agree. Sell the clips. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break real quick. Break we're it gonna out. We're going to keep doing NBA buy or sell plus give you some results from uh, the Western Regional Track and Field Beats from both Montana and Montana State's best track and field athletes. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now Regime. Seabrook, Coulter, Nuanas, ESPN Missoula, back after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. What a verse. What a... Dude, I got all, like, teary-eyed and, like, just reflected on life real fast, and we need a tissue for these issues. Regime Seabrook, 
crying with me here on the radio. It's 1029 ESPN Missoula. Hopefully you can't see the tears on the television. SWX Montana Television. Nuana is now one-stop shop for all things emotional healing, sometimes maybe a little sports too. That's actually hand-in-hand, hand, right? <laughs> the, the, the enjoyment and consumption of sports is uh, part of the healing, I believe. Yeah, man. Heal. Quickly, you're going to talk a little track, and then we're going to get back to our NBA buy and sell. We did give you some results in the first hour from the uh, state track meets going on around the state, especially the AA meet here in Missoula. AA and C here in Missoula, but uh, a lot of great athletes from Missoula here uh, competing at the AA track meet. couple results from the awesome athletes that we gave you so much coverage of a couple weeks ago when I, I was down in Ogden, Utah. So the Big Sky Conference Outdoor Championships, it's not the finale. They end up going to the, the, the best competitors. It's not just if you win a Big Sky Championship. You have to have one of the 48 best qualifying marks in the region. Those kids then go to the regionals for both the East or the West, and everybody out here obviously is going to the West. Mm-hmm. And then you go compete at the West Region Meet, which is going on right now, College Station, uh, Texas. So a couple of results. First from the University of Montana, a couple of great javelin throwers from the Grizz were down there competing. Evan Todd, who's a Kalispell Glacier native, he takes 26th out of the 48 throwers with a mark of 201 feet, 11 inches. So that was his best throw of the year. So good job by him to uh, ha- have an awesome outing in his first regional meet. His teammate Dylan Kipp didn't fare quite as well. He entered as the 13th seed out of the 48-team field, and a top-12 finish would have qualified him for nationals. He had a huge throw earlier this season that got him into that 13th spot at 230 feet 4 inches, which is the, uh, I believe, second or third longest throw in Grizz history. But he was unable to replicate it at the West Region, but still a great year for Dylan Kipp on the uh, women's javelin side of things. And by the way, javelin throwers are always going to be one of the best athletes that come out of Montana because Montana, I believe, is one of only like 10 or 12 states in the union that has high school javelin. So these kids get to compete earlier. And so then when you're a standout, then all of a sudden, then you have a, you have a, a big advantage when you go into college. And plus, it's just a it's, a, it's an event that caters to a lot of things that Montana athletes have, strength and explosiveness. And young ladies, I've been preaching this to my basketball players, softball players. I understand you love the sports that you love, but one of the most underutilized athletic scholarships in America for women are javelin. Yep. And guess what? Universities are looking at places like Montana because if you, ladies, girlfriends, sisters, nieces, if you can throw the toothpick in 30 degree weather, what can you do in the desert of Arizona? No question. So for, for those out there who are trying to get to the next level or may want to walk on for something, Get your foot in the door with the scholarship and walk on somewhere else. Like, get th- throw that toothpick, get that money. It also is scouted at a very high level. Yes. Scouted higher than more, most every women's sport because it is one of the only sports in the union that does have that in high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, Angelica Street mm-hmm. from Columbia Falls, the, the all-class record holder of the Jazz, she's at Texas A&M now. So, I mean, that's big time. But speaking of locally... Uh, born and bred athletes, Carly Von Heater from Montana State. She's from Plains, Montana, Class C, and she competed in the women's javelin final at the West Regional. Uh, she was the Big Sky Conference champion. She ended up placing 39th overall uh, in the field, a throw of 143 feet and some change. So she could not replicate her all-time great throw, which, which by the way, if you d- haven't seen it, go on Twitter, just search Montana State Track and Field and watch that video of Carly Von Heater when she breaks the school record. It's a pure and unadulterated joy. Such a cool moment for her. 
to pop that throw and win the Big Sky Conference Championship. By the way, she, she joined us earlier this week, so if you want to hear an interview with Carly, you can also check that out on the Nuanas Now podcast. Cantor Coverdale, who was from Montana State, he also competed in the Javelin. He threw 211 feet 4 inches, which was his second farthest collegiate throw of his life. So uh, I think that's the best you can ask for when you get into the field of some of the 48 best competitors in the country. All you can do is as well as you can do. And so if you're hitting a personal best, even if you aren't moving on to the finals or moving on to the the, uh, NCAA National Championship meet, the best you can do is the best you can do, and that's all you can ask for. So a lot of of the great uh, athletes did go out on top, so congratulations to all of them. Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, regime Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuanas, here in studio. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get one last break in so we make Tommy happy. And uh, then we'll have all the rest of the show to take you home on a Friday with a little NBA by ourselves. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Messing me up my whole head, teasing me just like Tita did Martin. Now look at what you're starting. Schoolboy crushing it ain't on the hunt, the whole world see it, but you can't. Uh. My people's they complain, sitting raving rant. Come on. Your name is out my mouth like an ancient chant. Got me like a dog as a pausing pant. <gasps> Speaking of which, got a leash and a wish just to rock you, miss. Make a militant move, beat my strategy. Mm, mm, mm. Gotta love it. Regime Seabrook mm, grooving mm, with me. Mm. Walter Duanez. It's Duanez now. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Hope you're having an awesome Friday. Hope you're having a great Memorial Day weekend or at least start to it. If you missed anything in the show, it's been a fun show. Talked a lot of NFL drama right off the top. Also talked high school postseason from all around the state of Montana. And uh, we also have been doing some NBA buy or sell, which we will continue here in just one minute. Missed anything in the show? You can find it on the podcast. Podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, as well as Sports Bet Montana. The three games tonight in the NBA for the NBA playoffs the New York Knicks at the Atlanta Hawks. That's currently underway. The Brooklyn Nets at the Boston Celtics. The Nets are up 2-0. That game tips at 6-30. And then the Los Angeles Clippers at the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas looking to improve on its 2-0 lead. That game tips at 7-30. Tomorrow's slate, four games each of the next two days. You got the Bucks at the Heat, the uh, Nuggets at the Blazers, 
By the way, the Bucks up 3-0, so they have a chance to close out the Miami Heat. The Nuggets at the Blazers. Denver's up 2-1 after losing Game 1 to Portland. Denver's been dominant so far. Philadelphia, the top seed out of the East, is at Washington. They're up 2-0 over the Wizards. And Utah was able to level the docket against the Memphis Grizzlies. Top-seeded Jazz dropped Game 1, but then even the series 1-1. So that will be the nightcap tomorrow. And then Sunday slate, another game between the Knicks and the Hawks. The Suns play against the Lakers at 1.30 p.m. The, the Lakers lead 2-1 in that series. The Nets and um, Celtics play again on Sunday as well. And then the Clippers and Mavericks, which could be a closeout game if the Mavericks could get it done tonight. Where are we at with the Miami Heat? Because the Miami Heat went all the way to the NBA Finals last year. They had a great run in the bubble. They were one of the great stories in the league uh, last season. And they've been okay this year, but they've been sort of up and down. And uh, they just seem like they just don't have the same juice as they did last year. No, I, I think they they I, I, juice is a great word. I think they they squeeze the lemons from down there in Florida and just aren't on the same trajectory. Uh, just an interesting chemistry of a team. Like when I when you look at roster from the starters all the way down to the twelfth man, it's a very interesting roster. I just don't think they're playing well together. Um, as a team, like when you watch them, it, it's, it never looks like there's five guys out there playing together. And I'm not saying they're a bunch of like me individuals. They just, there's not, there's no gel out there. Like when I watch it, it doesn't look like a team wanting to play together as a team. I think there's several factors to it. When, when you really young players break out, when they really improve a lot, mm-hmm. like Bam Adebayo did, and then you go from a guy that, Hey, is this guy just riding the hot streak? Is this guy legitimately an All NBA player? Mm-hmm. And then you have a, a sustained stretch of success, and people realize you are a legitimate NBA player. Now all of a sudden you're on top of the scouting report. Now all of a sudden people are throwing things at you. And Bam's been good this year, but he hasn't been All NBA good like right. he was last year. Right. That hurts you. Tyler Hero's going through the same thing. Was this kid just lightning in a bottle? Was he just you know just hot when it mattered? Right place, right time. And he is a legitimate player, but he's also going through. It's not the sophomore slump because this is his third year in the league, but it's it's sort of like that. We, once once teams know how to scout you, you got to take the next step. That, exactly. that you got to take. You got to add the next thing to your game. That's why guys like LeBron James and Stephen Curry are so amazing because they continue to evolve, continue to get better. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how much teams mm-hmm. scout them; they're still absolutely elite players. So I, I agree. I think that Miami. It's not a hard sell in terms of the the future of the franchise. I just think that they right. don't they don't have a lot of juice in the tank, and it seems it seems like that's going to be a pretty quick exit for them. They also, the Bucks are just a horrible matchup for them. That's all. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> they don't have anybody to guard Giannis. Yeah, that's Dave, Davey versus Goliath. This time, Goliath wins. It's just too, too, too much for them to handle right now. Where are we at with the Phoenix Suns? I know you're a Lakers guy, and I know that... Uh, I know you got at least respect for the Lakers. Oh, no doubt. We much respect. Are, we both agree, I think, that the Lakers are the favorites in that series as the defending champs, even though the Suns have had a phenomenal year. But to, do you believe in, in uh, the Suns as, as one of the top seeds in the league? Yeah, the, the Suns, to me, are, are that, that team no one wants to play. Like, you just don't want to play them because you're not, like, are they going to come up and be nasty and, and beat you? Or are they just going to, you know, play hmm-ha basketball? Um, to me, the Suns, outside of the Lakers, are the most are the most dangerous team to me in the West. Interesting. Yeah. So, so you have more faith in the Suns than the Utah Jazz. Yes, I do, believe it or not. I just, I don't know. There's just something about the Suns that says we want to play spoiler and rat to everybody. And they just have that feel to them right now. Well, and they got... They got a guy who needs to prove it right now because yeah. his clock is ticking in Chris Paul. Quick. Like, hey, oh, father time is catching up with OCP. 
Just like them State Farm and you know commercials <laughs> is catching up too. Where are you at with the Brooklyn Nets? I, 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 it's worked better than I ever imagined it could work. So much better. But the three superstars, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, have yes. not really played together until no. now. Bought the first two games of this series against the Celtics. They have been playing together, and they've looked fluid and unselfish, and it hasn't looked like the disaster I thought it maybe could be. Um, I always thought, like going back to the OKC days, I always felt that Harden and Durant should have stayed together, mm-hmm. and Westbrook should have went. Interesting. Um, and I like their chemistry. I like how unselfish they are playing, uh, even though they have every right and entitlement to be selfish because of the caliber of play that they are. Brooklyn, they're coming together at the most dangerous time of the year. And Brooklyn could, I don't know, man. I, they're, they're, they're so hard for me to peg sometimes. They're just so hard for me to peg. And I'll be honest, I'm waiting for Kevin Durant to get hurt again. Like, I'll just, like, he's he's the pretzel man. Like, he just, I'm waiting for him to get hurt again. There was so much analysis and speculation about what, because obviously those guys are all three individually great players. Absolutely. They're all three individually phenomenal individual uh, isolation type scorers. Yep. My two biggest question marks were, one, what is Kyrie Irving or James Harden doing when Kevin Durant has the ball, or, or vice versa? Each one, I mean, watching. Yeah, that, and that's watching. Each needs the ball to create, and they don't really play off of each other. I know Harden has been an assist man um, his whole career, but especially in this situation. But still, it, it, it leaves one man out. Two guys, okay. Three, it's a little interesting. But the other thing was that I worried about so much was. All three of these guys are distinctly uh, abrasive individuals, or I guess guys that have had reputations as being sort of hard to deal with, whether it's Kyrie Irving for sort of his uh, outlandish and and misunderstood antics, or James Harden with his sort of me against the world, you know, I'm just going to win the scoring title, or Kevin Durant with his going at all his critics on Twitter and not really being able to have a thick skin about anything. But I, then I, I was thinking about this the other night when I was watching them and they were looking so good. I was thinking maybe these guys are just the island of misfit toys. Maybe the fact that they all are sort of the ones that have had the reputation like that, maybe they can all get with each other and sort of relate to each other on that note. Yeah, they just need to add Ron Artest to that mix and it would be absolute euphoria. Um, I, I, I kind of like that. Maybe they're they're just so out there that they're in there together. But then maybe, you know, paralleling it back to the OKC days, did it not work, you know, eight years ago because of youth and it works now? You know, is Kyrie the one, the one you know, linchpin between him and Harden that could possibly make things work? We don't know. Uh, it, it, time, time will tell. But again, interesting dynamic uh, core of players. Uh, when all healthy and all on the floor, it'd be interesting to see. Like, I like where you're going with the culture. How do they all gel together? Because like, that's that's also misfit for a, for a defensive coach to look at that. How do you guard that? For sure, and I and, and that's why seven game series are so interesting because it's so hard for an upset to occur in a seven game series. First of True. all, but also when it gets down to game six and game seven, it's all about who can come up with big time buckets in mm-hmm. big time situations. They got three guys that can. Right. Which one's going to be the guy you call upon when who it takes, comes to that time, though? I think it's a situation and who what the matchup is. Well, yeah. But the answer is Kevin Durant because he's the best player at that in the entire league. 
Kevin Durant's the only dude who you could go to down the stretch and beat LeBron James. Pre-injury, Kevin Durant was the only dude where when you're in that, that. sort of tight situation can outduel LeBron James. And so I think that, that he, if he can stay healthy, that's exactly the situation you need to be in as well. And James Harden, on the other hand, has been the guy who fully disappears during the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's shot the oh. Rockets out of multiple games in series. He is the John Starks of this generation. Talk about shooting yourself out of situations. Oof. James Harden, to me, is an enigma unto himself. Like, he's just... I, I don't know, Coulter. He, he, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm not a big James Harden fan. I am not either. At all. Like, I'm not either. Like I don't that, think he's good for the game of basketball. I think he's an insanely talented player, but I don't think he's good for the game of basketball. I, I agree. I don't think he's... You know, I'm watching kids do these basically traveling on in high school now because of, of guys like James Harden. And granted, he has his own signature. He has his own thing. Like, I get that. I get that. But there's just something about him that just... Just rubs me the wrong way and potentially could rub the Nets' chances the wrong way, too. Just because, again, it comes down to those clutch, those games six and sevens. Who do you want to have in the ball? James wants it. Kevin wants it. Kyrie, well, it depends if Kyrie has a mental health day or not. Right. <laughs> and that's why this is such an interesting situation, too, because if they were to end up winning it, it would defy conventional wisdom in terms of what basketball purists want basketball to be about because three isolation scorers who dribble till the ball's flat, it's not supposed to work. But if it did, it, it would be one of the great, hate to, tell you, I hate to say I told you so for those guys, it would also be an anomaly because it would be, you know, the the first ring for Kyrie Irving without LeBron James, the first ring for Kevin Durant without Steph, Steph. Curry and Steve, and Steve Kerr, and the first ring for James Harden, period. period. So, yeah, it would, and it would be also a full circle of that team from the Oklahoma City Thunder that made it to the finals when those guys were so young. And Oof, for, Durant and, so good. for Durant and Harden to get that uh, more than a decade later, I think would be... It would be an interesting uh, addition to the narrative that is the history of the NBA. Yeah, those two will write a book together by the end of it, guaranteed. What do you think of the Sixers? Because the Sixers, they, they, there's been this narrative, you know, they did the Tankapalooza forever, the the process or whatever. They got their dudes, and then those dudes largely underachieved, and, and, and Bede and Simmons were not getting along, and the coaching was bad. But then they get rid of Brett Brown, they bring in Doc Rivers, and... Um, they seem to have figured it out. Now they're sitting there as the one seed in the East, but do you buy Philadelphia as a true Eastern Conference championship and or NBA title contender? I, You know, physically, the pieces on the chessboard, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say the emotional and mental fortitude, or in this case, the lack thereof, will not get them over the hump this year. I, I think Doc Rivers is about a season away and one player away from getting them over the hump. So who's the favorite in the East then? Is it the Nets? It's got to be the Nets. So the Nets. I mean, the Nets, the Bucks, and the and the Seventy Sixers are the three teams I think it's, have to the me, ability it's to the win. It's the Nets, man. It's because it's, it's not the it's not the Knicks. It's not the Hawks. No, it isn't. It's the Nets because of the matchup. Uh, like if all three of those dudes are on the floor, they present the most matchup difficulties for any other team in the East. It's an interesting dichotomy. What's your take on the Jazz? Because the Jazz looked very shaky losing game one to the Memphis Grizzlies. They First of all, it's impossible to evaluate them unless they get Spider Mitchell back. you got to have Donovan Agreed. Mitchell. Like, you got to have Donovan Mitchell. He's not in. I mean, he's, 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 one of your, he's one of the 20 best players in the league. You have to have him. Yeah, he's the, he's, he's the cog inside the machine. Before we even talk about basketball, they need to change their moniker. Not a lot of jazz in Utah, brother. <laughs> it's one of the stupidest things. Well, I mean, we know they originate from New Orleans for, for sure. those who aren't, you well, know, historically. Well, it's also so funny that the Lakers have been the Lakers forever. I mean, they're for from real. Minneapolis. Like, it's not what, they should have changed their name long ago. How many Lions are really in Detroit? <laughs> How many Bengal Tigers are really chilling in Cincinnati? Yeah, that's true, too. But animals are just one thing. But when you were named after a part of the geography of the area yes, that yes, you were from, yes, or the yes, culture yes. of the area you were from, 
and then you move to a place where it's objectively not like that. I mean, I don't think jazz music is a big thing in Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like lakes aren't a big thing in Los Angeles, California. (laughs) Yeah, dried lakes. Utah Jazz. I, I think Utah, to me, is is Utah from 20-something years ago when Mike was beating Carmelo and John Stockton. They are just the team that's all organizational, uh, player-wise. They're always going to be there. They're just never going to get there. They will just always be in the mix, and some years they'll make it to a finals, they'll make it to a conference finals. They're always going to be in the mix just because of how well-run that organization it's a, it's is. It's a well-run organization. It's a very well-run organization, but at the, I just don't see them getting over there out of their own way. It's just like Utah has cast a shadow onto itself, and it just can't get out from under it. So I don't care who's on their team. Because like when you look at some of those teams from even going back in the day, they should have won at least one championship, Coulter. At no, least no, one. No question. Well, who was standing in their way? Oh, the same way standing everyone else. Old good old MJ, the greatest of all time. Um But yeah, man, I just I don't see Utah. I, I'm I'm selling on Utah. I am too. I, I, if I had to pick the conference finals right now, I yep. think it, I think it's the Lakers. And I mean, I don't know if the Mavs could knock out the Clippers, they could actually make a run because I I just I don't believe too much momentum. Right. I mean, I I don't really believe in the Jazz. I do believe the Jazz will probably get past the Grizzlies, but I don't really think they can they can get much further than that. But then also the bracket's going to be so upside down because if the Lakers beat the Suns, now there's a seven seed moving on. If the uh, Mavs can knock out the Clippers, now the three seed's gone as well. And so it kind of clears the path for a lot of different scenarios to play out. The problem is the Lakers are just poorly seeded given who they have on their team. Well, exactly. I mean, the Lakers are going to win the West and the Lakers are going to win the NBA Finals. This is how it goes. I mean, they have the biggest, they're the best matchup advantages in, in, in the entire NBA. No, is it? Oh, my God. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on the Friday. Hope everybody has a great Memorial Day weekend. We will be off Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday. A lot of Paddleheads action this weekend, so tune into ESPN Missoula for both Paddleheads and NBA. And in the meantime, everybody be safe out there. Make good choices. Love each other. Don't argue. If you do argue, do it with nuance. And have yourself an outstanding weekend. I'm Coulter Nuanez for Regime Seabrook. Peace. It's Nuanez now. See you again on Tuesday, 4 p.m. The Missoula Sports. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.